Good morning, my brothers and sisters. Welcome to episode number 26 in the book of 2 Timothy. I'm going to title today, The Best of 2 Timothy, as we race through the first two pages and find out the highlights and stuff we cannot forget. First of all, from 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, I am reminded of your sincere faith, the faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I'm sure dwells in you. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God. Now, ours is a faith of flames and tears. The flames come from God. It's the picture of his indwelling, the Holy Spirit coming to dwell in us. And then the tears, you know all about that. We live in a world of separation and sinfulness and sickfulness. There's a lot to cry about. And in this letter, there's a lot to cry about. Come come before winter is how it concludes. This is Paul's final letter to Timothy. He's in prison. It's about 68 AD, and he's going to pour out to Timothy. Uh, if we have any other record, it's it, it has been lost. This is a, a book of faith and flames. Secondly, it's a it's a book of power. This is from 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. And we looked at that word power. Um it's the dynamos word. God has equipped his people with all kinds of spiritual weaponry, if you will, and we're better equipped than maybe we have been acting. And he's given us the spiritual power that's explosive, and he's given us capability and gifts from another world to use in our world here. Basically, we have a bazooka. And we ask the question, if you knew that God's power could not fail, what would you direct that power towards? That is, what should we be shooting our bazooka at rather than our spiritual rifle? Next, in verse 12, which is why I suffer as I do, but I am not ashamed. I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been trusted with him. So I am not ashamed to attach myself to the ongoing rescue mission put in place by God. So Paul is saying, yep, I might be in prison and even headed toward death, but that's small potatoes uh, in comparison with serving God. I know him. I know his gospel. I am connecting myself with him and his plan. I'm going all in, and I am not ashamed. And as Paul offers us some, some courage, so we listen to his resilient testimony, and we take courage in his solid conviction. And then in verse 13, follow the pattern of sound words, one of the big themes of the book, that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. So we're to follow this pattern of sound teaching. We're we're supposed to follow the people who are following the pattern of sound teaching. That'd be Paul and then uh, Timothy's relatives. We're supposed to surround ourselves with such people, surround ourselves with people who are surrounding themselves with truth. And then finally, we're supposed to follow the person of God, that is the Holy Spirit, uh, capital P there, who resides within us to help guard this treasure. And do you have a God as he, have we received this God in the way that he wishes to be received? Do we have people that value, know, and quote, and remember, and make every effort to obey the, the, the word? And do you have a Bible that you have at least one underline in? Then we go to uh, 2 Timothy. Let's look at, look at verse 2. 
what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses in trust to faithful men or faithful women who will be able to teach others also. And then we ask, where are your men? So we put ourselves in the path of sound doctrine, the people who are doing this and the person of the Holy Spirit. But then we're supposed to put ourselves at lunch with our spiritual progeny. So like Paul, we're not going to be around forever. So let's put ourselves together uh, in front of some progeny or two who can carry a, carry on the mature church after we're gone. For the long-term survival of the church depends on healthy spiritual reproduction. Paul calls Timothy a, his spiritual child, even though he's a full-grown uh, adult, but, he, but he's treasuring him as his spiritual progeny. He, he found someone to entrust his message to. So that message in 2 Timothy is to every man and woman in the church today. Look for these faithful recipients and pour ourselves and entrust ourselves into them. Then let's look to the fields. And by the fields, we mean the battlefield, the athletic field, and the farmer's field. He says, think over in verse 7, 2-7. Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding. Well, he's talking about... The soldier, no soldier, gets entangled in civilian pursuits. His aim is to please the one who enlisted him. An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. That's the athletic field. And the hardworking farmer ought to have the first share of the crops. So we learn from the soldier one aim. That is the pleasure of him uh, who sent them. From the athlete, we learn one heart. It's competition, but it's competition according to the rules. It's wise work according to rules that you don't make up, I don't make up. And from the farmer, we learn one hope. Farmers work hard, but for almost the whole year, they don't see ready fruit. Uh, Mostly, they work for fruit that they, they do not see. And then uh, 2 Timothy 2.13, if we are faithless, he remains faithful. The Lord is a promise keeper. And I borrowed Mark Dever's uh, book title uh, uh, about keeping promises. Promises kept is what his title is. Um, God is a, a promise making God and a promise keeper. And he is reliable the reliability is founded on his character. So we are solid in that. We have a God who never lies. Then verse 9, I'm sorry, verse 15. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of ter- truth. So here's the thing. Every single person on this planet is a worker in the soil of God's word. Uh, we're supposed to be have our fingernails dirty as we dig and discern and labor and do it now. Do have have an urgency to it. So everybody has a relationship with the Bible. Everybody handles the Word. We probably could do it better. How do we do it better? Well, we sit before it. We study it. We're struck by it. We submit to it. We serve. In other words, we put our backside into it. We put our heads and hearts into it. We put our hands over our mouth every once in a while as we submit to it, and we put our hands to it as we serve it. God loves his word, and we should too. And then finally, the Lord knows those who are his. Though we may be confused about this, God never is. God knows who his own are. First of all, he elects and foreknowledges people and calls them and he moves spiritual furniture. And secondly, we name his name. We name his name. This is from 2 Timothy 
2.19. But God's firm foundation stands, bearing the seal. The Lord knows who are his. Join me tomorrow. We'll finish up the best of Second Timothy. Thanks for listening.